but I'm done with political correctness. They're already here. Look at that. Now right. I'm here to offend you. That's right. Because right. the truth offends. So. Oh, no, you're on the perfect platform. I hurt feelings every day. I had like 15 different wasps nests all over the house. And so PestCal came out, they took care of it for me. They did it at a really low price and they were really efficient. They got it done really quick. I wouldn't recommend any other company to do this kind of work. My attic was infested with cockroaches. I kept calling around to different companies. I'm like, I gotta get this done today. The best company is PestCal. I called them up, they gave me a great price. They came to my house that day. They gave me an estimate. It was perfect. It was lower than everybody else. And they're an amazing company. You should give them a try. They did some awesome work in my house. Hi everyone, my name is Kevin. I'm the owner and operator at PestCal Exterminators. We focus on rodent and insect control. We give you a free estimate. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. We get the job done right. Thank you. So I think you give a lot of young realtors, uh, up-and-comers, and even people that are that are a little more experienced and more, more more been in real estate for years. You give them hope that it doesn't matter where you came from; you could still be a badass top realtor in, in, in one of the best companies. Hundred percent. And and also you also give you also give hope to all our Latino community and everybody else, whites, blacks, yeah. everybody that hey. Here's Alexis, he could help you. He takes care, of, I know he, you pride yourself that you, you commit to closing their deal in less than 30 days. You find them their home in less than 30 days. You move fast. So if you guys are looking for an agent that is gonna help you sell your house fast, is gonna help, is gonna find your dream home fast, you got him right here with Alexis Ubeda. Hit that intro beat, Chris. And there we go. And we're off and running. All right, so we did the mic check already, Chris. I think we should be good. All right, everybody. You guys know what it is. It's the one and the only the American Troll podcast. And today, it's another banger, man. We got a, a gentleman, a gubernatorial candidate that is a former Navy SEAL. I think he's a... Navy Combat Search and Rescue. Oh, Navy Combat. I'm being corrected over here. He is the modern-day Chuck Norris in the building. <laughs> Daniel Mercury, how are you, my man? Thank you. Thank you. I, I apologize for cutting you off on that. I, I want to make sure, you know, SEAL, Search and Rescue, different thing. But, yeah, we might train together on some things. But That's right. those guys are a different breed. Yeah, we, different we, don't, kind of breed. we don't want them calling you up. Saying, what the fuck are you trying yeah, to say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, they got my highest respect. Uh, trained with many of them. Been on uh, missions with several of them but uh, they they have the up i have the nothing but the utmost That's, respect for them yeah i just had a actually a master chief on here on tuesday which is nice. kind of cool all you navy guys better start subscribing and sharing the channel because we're giving the platform to the navy gentleman any service gentleman but you know what don't just leave a comment subscribe right there you go so let's just get right <laughs> into this man where were you born and raised because i want to get a little history of who you are as a person I was born right here in California. I was ra I was born in Santa Ana. I was uh, raised here. Um, you know, this is where I, I went to school. This is where I uh, enlisted into the military. This is and when I was in the military, you know, I, I one of the things that they told you was 
hey, if you score top of your class in any of the military schools that you go to, whether it's in boot camp, then you go to like, uh, you know, class A, class C schools, all these other extra trainings before you get sent to the fleet. Right. If you score top of your class, you can choose your orders. So I always score top of my class and uh, top two got to pick their orders. I always came back to California. And so this was the state. I got stationed in the Coronado. Um, and then uh, after that, uh, you know, I stayed in San Diego for about six more years. You know, eventually I, I met my wife. We got married. We, you know, bought a home here. We're raising our family here. I never once packed up my bags. I never once thought, you know, I've got to leave California. I'm going to take my businesses. I'm going to go to another state. No, I stayed right here. And no one ever had to talk me out of it. In fact, a lot of people are trying to talk me to leave. I'm sure. And I'm like, no, this is my state. If I hey, Listen, I can either fight here now today or I can fight somewhere else later. One way or another, we're all going to fight. So what do you, where do you want to do it, right? right? Here or somewhere else, right? You, you pick. Absolutely. Now, why do you think so many people are fleeing California at the moment? Because I think this was the first year that we actually lost population. Yep. We lost over like a million people, right, last year? Uh, a couple hundred thousand, but that was enough for us to lose representation, right? Which has never happened, right. you know, ever, right? That's a red flag, though. That's a huge red flag. It, that tells people that and, you know, we're so discombobulated. But I'll tell you right now, um, that also falls on the people for not understanding the laws. If you don't know the Constitution or the state Constitution and you don't understand how to how to collectively fight back or you don't know how to legally fight back, um, then you're going to throw up your hands in the air. You're going to be disenfranchised and you're just going to go somewhere else. But this, this, like I said, the battle is going across the country. Like little by little, the, the, the left has been at it quite some time. So when people say, Dan, you got to slow down. No, you need to speed up because they're way ahead of us. Yes. And we have a lot of catching up to do because they know that you don't know any better. And so this is where the undermining comes in and why people are fleeing because they don't know any better. Now, why would you throw your hat in the ring? Because as far as it comes to politics, it gets dirty. And I'm sure you already felt some of the heat. And a lot of people be like, listen, Daniel, why even throw, why even throw your name in the ring to get, you know, character attacks and I'm sure everything else coming oh, yeah. with it. Why would you do that? Because this is my home. As a veteran, I didn't fight for communism, socialism, Marxism. I didn't fight for uh, any of this this transgenderism. This, you know, we live in a generation now of self entitled little turds that all need like safe spaces, participation trophies, and they all want to be called a pronoun. And I didn't fight for that, right? I fought for the fact that this is I'm I'm a God loving, God fearing, constitutional loving. Meaning, I love my freedoms, and that is given and granted by our forefathers. And at the same time, I'm family oriented, right? The, the, any strong nation, the backbone of any strong nation is your family so why am i not going to fight for that right? right if i again if i don't fight now then then who is if not me who else what's your campaign logo let me see open up that shirt and you can put it over here real quick no let him get it here we go here to offend you huh i, I think you're at you're the perfect platform man because in order to have people open up their minds and open up their thinking, you got to kind of offend them, right? Yeah. No, the truth offends, right? You don't have to like what I say. You don't have to like me, but know that whether we, you and I like each other, know that this is my country. Yes, sir. Right? And I've already put foot to ass for this country. I don't owe anything to anybody. I don't owe you a reason. I don't owe you, you know, an explanation. I've already done it. I'm doing it again. And I've been at this for three years. I started running for Congress in 2019. My race ended in March of 2020, which is right when we got locked down under executive order N6720 that Gavin Newsom instituted that also brought about AB860, which was the mail-in absentee ballot. So everybody voted for that, right? Our assembly, 90% of our assembly and our state senators all voted 
in favor of that that are still in office today. You violated your oath and you perpetuated one of the number one reasons that contributed to a presidential stolen election. So why am I going to stand for that? Why am I going to sit here and just sit on my butt, my butt and do nothing about it? So when people go, why would you throw your hat in the ring? That's why I threw my hat in the ring. Right. That, this is exactly what we need. Now, when it comes to that, I am I am not of the yet been convinced of the of the ballots uh, as far as writing ballots uh, <clears throat> being fraud fraudulent. Right. I, I did get kind of a little bit of a ah, my light started, uh, you know, going on and off after the Gavin Newsom real uh, recall. Because everybody that I spoke to, and I don't speak to people who are just conservative. I mean, most of my family is not conservative at all. I think I'm kind of crazy, right? Most of the people that I spoke to were voting to get Newsom out, and he yep. won by a landslide. Right. So a lot of people don't know, and there was 46 candidates that were running. And out of the 46, 16 of us were Republicans. And I was in contact with 10 of those candidates. And I was getting phone calls on FaceTime. My campaign phone is a cell phone. It's an iPhone. And people were asking, hey, can can I call you? Because I, I make it public. I want you to call me. I'm one of the few candidates that you can actually call and have a conversation with. And they were like, I got to show you what's going on. So this was happening up and down the state of California where my name was not even on the voting machines. So then I was getting phone calls and I was calling other candidates asking them, hey, is your name on the voting machine? And no, they were getting phone calls too, showing that the voting machines were not, were eliminating particular candidates in other counties. So I had to do the research and figure out where's is, where is this stemming from? It stems from your county clerk registries, right? We have 58 counties, 25 of those counties are using voting machines and voting counting machines. They're not the same but they're under contract, which means that they can't audit the machines. So when all this irregularities were happening, all of us candidates were getting screwed in the process. So this is partly why he landed by a landslide, but here's the thing. There's only historical relevancy with a gubernatorial race is, is max 12 million that ever come out. We got 40 million Californians, right. 12 max have ever come out roughly for a gubernatorial That's race, it, huh? which means the left only have to focus on 60, 70% of that. That's it. That's six to seven millions. How many did he get? Seven million votes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, and then all they have to do is keep the rest of us at odds with each other with a faction of parties, whether you're left wing, right wing, moderate, conservative, right, blue party, green party, purple parties, Whig party, all these different parties, and none of that means anything. But, but I think that's the problem, Daniel. I think what happens is this, man. And you'll and you'll see it in the comments section, you'll see people off the bat right now saying, Oh, he's a Republican. Screw that guy. I think that happens so often that it gets villainized that if you're a Republican in California, all you want is to build more places. All you want is uh, you want to oppress the poor. You don't want to give anybody any any help. Uh, that's the narrative that's going out there. What do you say to those people? Well, one, that's that's rhetoric because it's not true. And this is why I tell people as a veteran, I never once gave a crap about whether or not we were going to come back and we were going to you know, be surrounded by more Republicans or Democrats or nonpartisans or any other party. That did not matter to me. In fact, the Republican Party, I have a video out there that shows that I have uh, voiced out against the California GOP because I've been actually uh, attacked by them. I've also out there where they have tried to get me to utilize my veteran status to raise them money. In fact, my campaign manager was on the conversation where we were talking to some of the people that have been in have been operating behind the California GOP who helped get Reagan into office and they purposely stipulated that they weren't going to back any recall candidate because there was too much fundraising opportunities that they had going on and they didn't want to mess around with the money that was coming in Politics. so here's my thing is like that had nothing to do with anything else you don't have to like me you don't have to like my party 
Instead, we need to start focusing on the nature of the character of the person that you're looking at and stop worrying about the faction of party. When you run for office, you got to choose a party and go, and everybody says, well, why don't you, why don't you go with, you know, nonpartisan, right? The problem with that is, is nonpartisan or, you know, independents don't actually have groups that invite them over to go the out support. there to support, right? Okay. So it's either Democrat or Republican. Well, I don't agree with the left, so I'm not going to go the route of the Democrat, and they don't align historically with, you know, being a, a God-fearing man, right, believing in the Constitution, not undermining it, and 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 supporting families. That's the conservative. Well, then that's Republican Party. Well, I, I think the the left used to be a little more like that. I yes. I think within the last, heck, five to ten years, it's gone. It's just it's fallen over the cliff. Yep. It, it's fallen over the cliff where uh, it's almost like these guys aren't making any sense. They're just going whatever the narrative is. So I I can see how you're going that way. And I never thought about it, how you get no support. But don't you think hopefully in the future we can get to a point where we know what? Because me personally, I don't like either party. I, I don't either. I, th I think both parties are greedy. Yep. I think both parties are just about getting reelected, yep. getting the money. And bottom line, like California is ran by, by Democrats, right? Yes. I, uh, Super majority for the last since Gray Davis. So I, I'm looking at the news this morning, right? And not no Fox. I'm looking at KTLA Channel Five. Yeah. And I'm seeing that rent prices have gone up 14 percent in one year. Yep. And if you look at last five years, rent has probably gone up 30 to 40 percent, yep. right? And these are Democrats running this place. Yes. So they're that, kicking us out of our own place. Yes. That, that that's the other thing too is everybody says, "Oh, you're Republicans. Republicans fault." Wait a second. Hold on. The, the, the Democrats have been in charge, which made our Republicans inept, meaning our Republicans' votes almost are, are they don't matter. They're, they're throwaway votes. So that's the Democrats. Democrats have been in charge literally since Gray Davis, and if not a little bit before, they've had, you know, 57%, then it was 62 Now they're, I think, at 67%, supermajority. So that means over the last 20 to 30 years, they have been the ones in charge of everything and all the legislation that has been passed, yes. not the Republicans. Yes. So when you scream it's the Republicans' fault, that's rhetoric because, well, they're not in charge. They have correct. no say. That's correct. So your Republicans are pretty much rhinos because the majority of them want to stay in office, so they swing the votes in their favor. For people who don't know, what exactly is a rhino? Republican in name only. Oh, Republican in name only. Well, even, yeah, I mean, most of the Republicans in California will be Democrats in other states. Correct. Right? Yes. Maybe you including, believe it or not. No, listen, I, this is, I've, again, I'm on record. You, I do not care for either party. I really don't. Okay. But again, when you register to run for office, you're given what do you want to pick. Again, where am I going to find the best support or at least to get out there that already has channels of, of patriotic groups or groups that have broken away from the GOP and from the CRA? There's a lot of delegates that are done with these people. You guys don't see this, but you would if you were a candidate. Right. So again, I have to take the good with the bad because a lot of people are just uneducated to this. Right. Okay, so let's, let's start talking some policies, man. Uh, the big one right now because of uh, the Texas shooting— Right. Would be gun laws. Yep. What is your stand on any new legislation for gun laws? So none of the legislation, when you look at the Constitution, it shall not be infringed. That means you cannot abrogate it. You can't abridge it. You can't undermine it. You can't draft any egregious legislation that would prevent you from keep and bear arms. Right. So keep, bear and arms. Keep means it's always going to be in your hands. Bear means to actually hold, to withstand, standing your ground and arms. Anything that's going to help you to protect and defend irrelevant if it's a gun. You have a right to bear arms. So that cannot be infringed upon. What they're doing is, is they're trying to pass more egregious legislation that we have on the books already 
that are red flag laws. Red flag laws border on pre-crime, right? Like the minority report. We don't arrest people for pre-crime. You can think about committing a crime all day long. We can't arrest you for that. I can have a bad vibe all day long. Can't arrest you yeah, for that. Yeah, but if you're plotting to commit that crime and actually trying to do something, then you can't be arrested for no, it. No, you can't. You cannot. You cannot. If I can sit and draft things down all day long, I can be investigated, but I can't be arrested. You cannot arrest somebody unless they committed a crime, right? People think, you know, I'm going to run that person off the road, but they don't really do it. That That's a red flag law. So if somebody says, oh, you know, next door, my neighbor, he's got a new gun and he broke up with his wife or whatever. And so now he's kind of going berserk. He's screaming. He's breaking things or whatever. He's got a gun. Red flag laws allow the police to come in and put them on a no-fly list and then remove right. their guns. You can't do that. That is against the Constitution. Well, let me let me throw this one at you. You know, when the Constitution was written, the founding fathers, first of all, had no clue that there would be social media, that there would be uh, the type of guns that they have today. At the same time that they wrote the Constitution, women could not vote. Slavery was still legal. So, I mean, the Constitution, it's a living, breathing document that, changes here and there and should change right so i'm first of all i am for not taking anybody's guns away zero right this is the problem i think happens a lot of time between people who are complete gun advocates that you know second amendment and people like myself who i don't wish anybody to get a gun taken away but i do believe that people should go through different hoops to get certain type of guns or which, any kind of guns. Which you're correct. We already have those in place. So the enumerated powers under the Constitution and the Tenth Amendment already stipulate that. So the states can do that, which we already have. But it should be a federal law, don't you think? No, it doesn't need to be. In fact, the states have more power than the federal government, which a lot of people think it's the other way around. That's not true. So when we look at the enumerated powers, the states here in California, we've got some of the stringent you know, gun yes. laws that are out there. So we already do background check. We already ensure that people can't do it. We already have a cool down period that's been extended. So I, I failed to see when I took the time, I went and, and I took a tour of our uh, Los Angeles uh, County jails. And I asked to speak to people who were arrested by, you know, who basically for, for uh, assault and battery using a, a firearm. So, and I asked, how did you get these weapons? They're not getting their weapons, you know, walking into a gun store. They're getting it by either paying somebody who has a clean record, uh, traveling it in from another state, ordering parts of it online, and they're getting around with other people who they're willing to pay. So here's the issue. A criminal, it, it doesn't care about your gun laws, right? They, they know, and they're waiting. They know towns that are, you know, very progressive and there's no guns, and they know areas that are very conservative that they stay out of because they're in support of that. Now, why is that? Because they know that the, that that person is going to get shot. They know they're not going to go in that area. They don't want to fuss with that. So the other thing is, is that people don't understand we also have the castle law already in place. We have the Good Samaritan law. We already have red flag laws. There's already laws in the books that are already there. This is not preventing. If somebody wants to kill you, they're going to kill well, you. Well, I, I have to disagree with you on that one, Daniel, because I myself, believe it or not, I was a criminal at one point. I got arrested with guns on three different times, assault with a firearm, all kind of all kind of fun stuff in the 90s, right? And yeah, I got all my guns illegally, right? And I could still go out there if I wanted to and get a gun illegally. Right. But to mix the regular criminal with a psychopath that wants to go out and kill kids, I think it's two different arguments. And I, and I, I truly believe that, yeah, the criminals are going to get their guns, but a guy like Ramos from Texas is not going to go to one of the homies and be like, hey, man, I need an AR-15 because they're going to look at what the hell is this weirdo, man? No, you're, you're absolutely. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. What I'm. What I'm saying is, is that 
there's already laws on the books in California. Yeah, it, well, even in other states too. I think uh, uh, Chicago. Chicago has probably the worst and oh, most no. stringent gun laws, and they that's a shooting gallery no, out and, there. And, and that's the art. That's the argument I hear from the right all the time. Well, they're guns, and that's the thing. Yeah, they're gonna always get guns, but that's apples and oranges. I'm I'm not talking about hey, let's let's do this to get the get rid of the guns from these criminals. They're gonna get them regardless, yes, right? Yes. They're gonna get them. I'm gonna thank you. I'll give you. I'll give that argument. They're gonna get them, right? Yeah. But. The people who are going out and targeting children at school, there needs something to be done. California, it's really not even an argument because the laws are already yeah. strict enough as it is. But across the state, like Texas, what are they going to do? Uh, to me, I'm tired of hearing my condolences. Our hearts go out right. to the family. How many years are we going to continue to see that until – and it's the right. The right needs to come to the table and be like, you know what, man? You guys are you guys are right, but I think the left kills it because the left automatically is like, we need to ban all these rifles. And no, that's wrong. So would you ever be inclined, maybe when you run for president, right? Be inclined <laughs> to sit there and say, you know what? There should be a federal law that makes it more difficult for these people. The criminals are gonna get it regardless. Correct. But the psych the guys who have mental issues who are killing kids. It's a different animal. But that's but here's the thing. Federal or state, it's irrelevant. They're both laws that have to be enforced, right? We have the Constitution of the United States and we have a state constitution. They yes. both have to be in agreement. So we already have that. So we already have laws that also dictate to people who have mental instability. Those are already in the books, right? In California, In yes. California. Well, yes. no, multiple states have mental instability laws that don't allow for, but, uh, but for people not, to get But there's not them. a federal red flag law, though. It, it doesn't matter if it's a red flag law or not, which we do have here in California, whether it's in other states. Again, that's a state power. Even if the federal government says that the states can override because the states have the power to push back under their enumerated powers. But you want to know, like, what can we do? Some of the things that every, every state is different, which is why they have their own state constitution, yes. because here we're prone to earthquakes and fires and stuff like that, whereas other states, tornadoes and floods. So it, it, so everything's going to be slightly different. But we also have, you know, we have borders. We have open borders. So we have illegal gun trafficking, drug trafficking, human sex child trafficking, and our borders are wide open. So this is a, a lot of this comes in as well. Why would you leave it open, right? Why would the left? You said right. I agree with you. The yes. Democrats have been in charge. Why would you not isolate that and then investigate every single container that comes in? They don't. They do less than five percent. So now we're 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 putting more guns on the street as well, which is easier access, even for somebody who has mental instability. I, I think they do it because uh, they're trying to look like they are passionate people, and at the end, they don't care. I am myself again. I am not for open borders. I am for, you know, closing up the borders, making it a little harder for people to get in. But at the same time, I'm also for a pathway to citizenship, which as far as a uh, Calimac, which a Calimac, if you don't know, it's Central American Latinos, Indigenous, Mexican-American, Chicano, right? That's, right. The, that's the brand I push, right? As far as Calimacs go, both parties, whether it's Democrat or Republican, as far as immigration, we'll turn to immigration now, have not done anything other than the left will sit there and just say, we'll give you the open border. The right will sit there and just say, close the border. You as a governor, what would you do in California to kind of mend and make both both sides happy? Well, here's the thing. First, you're you're so one of the biggest problems that we have first. Yes. And I tell everybody is this is that even though we've got open borders, homelessness, you know, crime rising, you know, ridiculous taxes, mm -hmm. water issues, it's all, right. Where is it all stemming from? It's stemming from systemic career politicians that like to pour salt on old wounds, keeping the people divided, mm -hmm. right? When you pass egregious legislation that's not in agreement, right, that's 
criminal. It's already stipulated in California article codes. It's already stipulated in the United States federal codes um, that you're supposed to see the inside of a prison wall when you do that. That's illegal, right? Yes. So why are they getting away with it? Why aren't there any indictments? We have to go first after the criminal that are in our government. So if you want to say, how are you going to appeal to both sides? First, for me, when I get into office, I'm not going to bring anybody to the table until we first clean house. But to answer that question is, well, let's say we're all done cleaning house. How am I going to do this? Well, you can't have open borders first and foremost if you're going to clean house, right? If you want to put a, a if you want to slow down a leaky faucet, what do you do? You shut off the main valve. Yes, sir. What's the main valve here in, in California? We got to close the southern borders. We got to close down the, the uh, uh, our LA docks and our San Francisco Bay. So that way we can actually get a handle on the infrastructure of what we're going to do to ensure that okay, we've got things in place because there's too much criminal criminality going on down at the borders with our border patrol. We've also got too many people coming in at the docks that are allowing for uh, shipping containers that are not being inspected. And we've got too much child sex trafficking coming in through the San Francisco Bay. So we have to first close those down if we're going to get any handle on the infrastructure, right? If the leaky faucet's still pouring, right. you're never going to fix it, right? You have to do that first so that then we can actually get in there and clean house of, as to where all their criminality is going to. Now, uh, what's your stance on it? What's the city call when they when they don't deport, when they don't have... Sanctuary I cities. Are you for sanctuary cities? What's your take on sanctuary cities? No, in fact, again, if I live in this country and I swear an oath to support and defend the Constitution and state Constitution, I don't care what your feelings are. Your feelings are irrelevant, and that is that... You cannot have legally a sanctuary state. Does not matter what your reasonings are. Doesn't matter that you know uh, you know why people come here. Everybody comes here for something for some reason. It's I, I get that humanitarian reasons. You get it right. right. But when you pass a sanctuary state or sanctuary uh, city, then you're engaging in criminality against the constitution. It does not permit that. But what? See, that's the, that's the, and I hate to throw this out there, but that's the hypocrit hypocritical part that I get off the Republican Party, right? Because you guys are supposed to be the compassionate Christians, Catholics, Bible-fearing Americans. Do you think that's what God would say? Do you think Jesus would actually come and say, my brothers, you are illegals, you need to go? Yeah, actually, in the Bible, he actually describes how Israel is supposed to put up walls. Oh, but if we you can look go at, back and forth with, with, with different Bible scriptures. Yeah. He also said if you got a slave and you kill a slave, treat him a certain way. So we can go back and forth. No, exactly. So, but here's, but so again, why do we have laws? Why do we have these in, infrastructure into place? No one's saying no. In fact, a lot of people don't know that America, America as a whole, lets in the the largest amount of immigrants than any other yes, nation in the world. Absolutely. It's over a million a year, absolutely. right? And that is because we're, we're able to vet where we have to be able to vet. But if, if the infrastructure is broken or it's overflowing, then you have to get a handle on it first. So no no Republican or no conservative saying, no, you can't come here. What we're saying is we need to first get a handle on the infrastructure that's broken, that's damaged, and no, too many I, people, because then you come in and we've already, there's already, I, I've got dozens of cases right now of people bringing trafficking and children that's not theirs right right so how do we how do we do this you have to shut down the border so you can get a handle no, that, on, on that's, that that's the border and i completely agree with you on the border part as far as taking away sanctuary cities how about this this is this is the way i i think i'm the type of person that would sit there and say you know what you can have your sanctuary city but the minute you break the law and you go to the county jail and you're an illegal and you got a felony you're getting deported there's no if ands or buts about it you're getting deported because there's millions of us here. My mother came here illegally. My in-laws came here illegally. 
your forefathers came here illegally, but you know that's you, just, you're asking something different. You're you're asking about deportation. Well, in, yeah, right. but if you, when you say you don't want sanctuary cities, you're pretty much in my as as a brown as man. What you're saying, yeah. as a brown man, when I hear somebody like you say, I'm Latino, I'm brown. No, well, <laughs> I the, half my family came here from Mexico and they came here from Tijuana, well, like and and they the same, but they came here legally. I, I understand. We I didn't come. My oh, I came here legally. My mother died came here, and that's why this is so like a passionate thing to me, right? But when I hear somebody say. I don't want sanctuary cities. That that to us, right? To you, not you because you're uh, you're the Republican guy right now. Uh, to to us, it sounds like deport all of them. No, anybody who's here illegally has been working here. No, I work construction and I work with a bunch of people who are illegal. No, been knowing some of them for twenty years. Family people, great people, and it's so hard to be able to even get a green card over here like i said that is the big issue because why because both the republicans and both the democrats have not made any type of any type of effort to get a pathway to citizenship since reagan now uh well that we we've had several pathways here in the state of california we've also allowed for amnesty three times so it's already it's already been on the books we still have it onto the books that people can actually still seek it if you're here that's not my problem my issue is is that when you allow for sanctuary cities my definition is is, is that you're allowing for the continued illegal entry into the sanctuary cities when i shut down the borders as governors but that's a that's a federal thing though on the border no right? the, no it's a, the governor can shut down the borders the okay. federal government and, and no judge can put up an injunction all day long it's okay. an executive action because again that falls under the executive branch so the governor can shut down the borders but why doesn't texas shut them down texas is having that problem right now and they're having them the federal government is pretty much saying no you're letting them in yeah, and they're and they're fighting back, saying no, we're not. Right, right, right. exactly. Federal government is overstepping its bounds, right? And they're trying to uh, again enumerated powers, right? And the protective custody is up to the executor, it's chief executors of every county, which is your sheriffs, and then of course the, the uh, primary executor is your 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 governor. Right, right. So they have that right, which is why they also each state controls their own militia, meaning they have their own military. So so it's up to the governor, and the governor can do this, right? Yeah, and the federal government doesn't have to like it all they want. But my point is, getting back to the sanctuaries, is that. No, if you if you're already here, I'm not. Listen, I'm not for separating families. I get the fact that a lot of people here are gonna you know request amnesty. They're gonna request you know uh, you know to come here and, and uh, sanctuary. You know they're they're seeking asylum. I get that. But the state of California, from the point that I get in, can end that and say, okay, borders are closed. We're gonna sit there and we're gonna get a hold of our infrastructure. You're already here. We don't have the capacity right now to simply go around and start you know in jailing people and sending them back to the country. No. However, I agree with you. You've committed a crime. You're already in our you're already in our jail facilities. You're in some of our state prisons you're already we the people with these prisons have to pay to ensure that they're getting fed clothed medical no you go back that you're not in ours we'll ensure that you're instituted into the prison of the country that you're in that we can do here in in uh, deportation right if you're already here but you're working and you've never committed a crime you, you've been here for 25 years i'm not going to send you back right especially with people who fall under daca right they, they've been here since they but were two I, I think see right there when you were saying that now it's makes more sense right now it sounds more reasonable but a lot of times that gets lost in the shuffle and all you hear and i think that's something you need to convey more to you know to more calumac people is that's how how you see sanctuary cities because when you hear somebody just say i'm not for sanctuary cities most people are like oh screw this guy he just no no sanctuary cities a sanctuary city is is the permissibility of allowing the continued effort of allowing illegal okay. entries to keep coming in when you end the sanctuary city it doesn't allow for any more of that illegal entry to come here and then no one can touch them no because then that also impinges upon 
the, the sovereign that's here, the national that's here, the taxpayers that are here, the people that are, are legally lawfully born here. Now, again, if you're already here, you've not committed a crime, right? In order for us to get a handle of that, you have to end the borders. You have to end, you have to do this. There's no other way around that, right? Because then it makes sense. The other thing too is, is that amnesty is still in play and it's been in play several times throughout many mayors, you know, uh, have allowed for this, uh, you know, previous governors have allowed for this. Ronald Reagan did this. So it's it, at what point in time, where do you draw the line? Well, I think where, where, where Reagan went wrong was, um, he did it. I believe me personally, I believe he did it just to get the more of the cheap labor in there. Right. And, but he didn't follow through on his promise of closing the border. And that's why now no Republicans want to jump on board of any kind of pathway to citizenship. But I believe that if you get a governor as yourself, would you be the type of governor in California that would push for, you know what, dude, we need to make a pathway to citizenship? Because right now it seems like we as Cali Max, we elect people because, especially in California, come on, we're like 40 to 50 percent of the population. over 40 percent. Right. Well, 40 percent, 50 percent with the illegals. That's why I say 40 to 50. <laughs> <laughs> you can't forget that 10 percent, baby. So let's say we're 40 percent of the population. If we truly got united, we can pretty much take this ship wherever we want. And if somebody like you were to get elected, would you be the type of governor that would sit there and look at brown people and say, you know what? No, you guys don't deserve to become citizens. You get in here. My parents got here legally. You guys do it the way I did. Or would you be the kind that would have some type of compassion? Say, you know what? The people who are doing right, taking care of business, yeah, I will I will fight for you up in the federal government. No, and I, I'm already on record saying this. I'm already on record stipulating with uh, some of our farmers. I've been in uh, multiple interviews where they have asked, hey, listen, we have a lot of workers here that have come here. They've been here our, you know, working for me on this farm for 15 years, never committed a crime, but they're illegal. They don't want to go back. What's your state? Because then it also affects some of their businesses because, well, that's their that's their, their working and that's their employees. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to protect them. No, again, that's why I've already said, and I just said it here, right? You, you've not committed a crime. Yes, you came here illegally. So that that you did break our laws, but we understand we already have things in place where people are seeking amnesty, they're seeking you know a refugee status. We get that asylum. It's understandable why people come here. That's why I said earlier Absolutely. we get that. But when you continue to have and you perpetuate an open border, then no, you can a, never get it, and you can't have sanctuary cities. That's an issue. Which is why I say you have to close the borders. You have to end the sanctuary status because ending a sanctuary status too tells people who are are trying to come here there is no more of that. I, no, I I understand that. And so, it's, yes. It's true, because if you open up the borders, let's say right now you got, I don't know, 20, 30,000 people at the border, right? Yep. Some of these borders. You let them all in, guess what? The next week, there'll be another 30,000 yes. coming in. And, and there is an issue, but when you bring that up, you hurt people's feelings, and they'll call you a racist, and they'll say you're a bigot, but yep. in reality, you're the guy trying to manage the problem, right? Yes. So And I'm trying to, and, and you have to do it legally. You have to respect the will of the people, and and it has to be something that, that uh is an agreement with the constitution because if you don't have that you can't call yourself a nation of laws right it's not going to happen right absolutely so how do we do this this is how you do it you don't have to like it it's not going to be agreement with everybody but you, you've got to draw that line somewhere and we've constantly stepped over that line agreed okay let's talk about crime and punishment don't don't like they do on tv <laughs> right um crime and punishment it seems that after the the last couple movements, right, before the election, that happens every four years. You guys will see every four years a new movement will come, right? That now it's a time for us to hug the criminals. We need to help the criminals. We need to, you know, embrace them because they have issues. What is your take as far as what Gavin Newsom is doing as far as crime in California? So Gavin Newsom has emboldened the criminals. 
there's no getting around that, right? I get it. Listen, uh, I grew up poor. I grew up with no food. I grew up walking the gutters of the street. I grew up, you know, in, in thug territories. I, I grew up in California where it was difficult. I had two alcoholic parents. Um, I didn't go out there and look across the street and look at some of the kids that were playing in the neighborhood because they had their own remote controls. They had all the GI Joes in the world, and I didn't have anything. I didn't go over there and say, they, they owe me that. And I never blamed anybody else for the abuses that I went through. I went as a kid, I got up and I dusted myself off. I even, I remember I started working at 10 years old, picking up a bucket with dirty old towels and some palm olive underneath the sink. And I knocked on doors and asked if I could wash their car at that time for $2. And I did that for 30 days so that I could earn $60 so that I could buy a Nintendo cartridge, right? Or I could get a remote control car. And I did this for months. And by the time I was 12, I went and I got a newspaper route. There is no excuse. If there is no accountability for what you do, then, then, then crime is going to continue to be perpetuated right? Yes. There's no excuse. If we're not going to hold you accountable, well, then we're accountable to no one. We're accountable to nothing. And if it feels good, do it. And oh, well, and now we got to cry boohoo for, you know, the, uh, for the, for the attacker. But what about the victims, right? Yes. The laws were meant to protect. Here's the thing. Because we have the constitution, the constitution is designed to protect the people because the people are the sovereigns. The people are the ones who are not subject to the laws per se that are not common law, right? They are the authors of the law, which has already been ruled when you look at uh, Yikwu versus Hopkins in 1886, it's still standing to this day. So that means that it is your representatives, are, their job is to ensure the sanctity of the constitution stays intact, which therefore keeps the people under common God-given that which we know is uh, self-evident that we are endowed by the creator to the right to life and liberty. Well, you can't pursue life when somebody else is, is infringing upon that, right? That's criminal. So when somebody else infringes upon your ability to life, liberty, and happiness, now they've, they have broken God's law because that's why it says our forefathers said we are endowed by the creator. So then it is the responsibility of executors to ensure that they're held accountable, which means they have to enforce the law. You cannot give them a pass. And then what we've got these bills that say, oh, you can steal up to $900. Yes. Well, now you're going to steal more, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You're going to keep doing it then Absolutely. because you know you're going to get a slap on the wrist. You're going to get let out and there's nothing you can do. But we're going to enforce. We're going to ensure that our law enforcement, we have a new Gestapo law enforcement that's a health department, police department, uh -huh. which a lot of law enforcement agencies are just now starting to become aware of that didn't know that they have different kind of executive authority, but you can be in prison for, you know, not, you know, showing your mask, you know, putting on a mask or showing your, you know, your, your papers, right? They're trying to do this everywhere. And this is then giving the excuse to the criminal and it's undermining the, the sovereign, the citizen, the taxpayer, uh, that they have no protection, right? Well, under the 14th amendment, you have equal protection under the law. Well, if you don't, you don't have equal protection under the law when the criminal gets off. Yes, sir. Now, let me ask you, uh, on, we're talking about criminals, talking about guns. Again, I was a former criminal, former, former, right? <laughs> Would you be inclined as a governor to let somebody like me, who has not been in jail since uh, 1997, come out of 99 on parole, discharged honorably in 2000? Would you be inclined one day as a governor to let people like us who are ex-felons, who are living normal lives, to be able to carry and bear arms? Yes. How many years? It, it, after you've served your time and you've you're done with your probational period, right? Because it depends on your crime. Some people are on probation. Yeah. We put a watchdog on you. Like depending on your crime, you're either on probation from one to five years, right? Right. So now you've served maybe what two to five or even ten years. Right. So you've already been judged by a jury of peers, which means you went through a due process. Right. The only people in a court of record that can take away your rights is 
a jury of your peers, not a judge, not the magistrate, not the lawyers. They're just there to ensure everything goes smooth. Your jury of your peers under the Constitution took away your rights. They put you in jail. You served your time. Then you then are given a watchdog, a probational officer that ensures that you don't have a propensity for doing it again. Right. You're done. Now, What? how many years have gone by? You served maybe five years. Now you're on probation for three to five, right? And then you've decided to continue to work anyway. You've never committed another crime, and you've exceeded 10 years. Yes. No, you deserve your rights back. You've That's already right. served your time. You've already uh, proven yourself to not do it again. Why would you not be given the back? You have that right. Yeah, that, and that's that's one thing. I I know a lot of people who are in the same situation, living normal lives, and they're like, man, I can't even have a gun legally in my home. You no, know, that's yeah. the thing, too. That's your property, right? The right to privacy, the right to defend on the California state constitution. There's nothing in either the constitution or the, the state constitution that says that you cannot, after have serving time, that you cannot actually have that back. The states then do come up with these laws where you, you were, you were a felon, so you can't have it back. But then that denies you the right to defend yourself. So that abrogates yes. Article 1, Section 1 of the, United, of the California state constitution and your right to life and liberty, which abrogates the Declaration of Independence. You can't do it. So you don't have to like me. You don't have to like what I'm saying, but that's constitutional. Absolutely, man. Now let's talk about my favorite subject. The no, now they're now I can't call them the homeless anymore. They're now the unhoused. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. They changed the language to change perception. Right? You can't call them kids in cages. You got to say migrant facilities. Right? There, there you go. Yeah. The unhoused, which I will say in my my own investigation, is about anywhere from eighty-five to ninety percent, really. Drug addicts. Right. What What do you think California is doing right? What do you think California is doing wrong? I don't think California at this moment in time is doing anything right. And here's why. So our, since 2019, it's it's almost it's almost doubled, right, uh, of the homelessness. We carry 170,000 oh, homeless yes. here. We carry the majority of the homeless in our state. So what a lot of people don't know is, is that most of our major metropolitans usually perpetuate the problem because they can claim a crisis. Mm -hmm. Whenever they can claim a crisis, that means that they can request more federal funding. Well, where does the federal government get their money from? The states. Where does the state get their money from? The taxpayers. So then <laughs> when you look at that, what they do is they purposely, again, they perpetuate homelessness because there's profit to be made. There's no fiscal oversight committee as to where the money's going with these, like, say, projects like Project Room Key, right? And they're supposed to get thousands when they only get a few hundred off. Where's the money going? Nobody knows. And because there's no fiscal oversight public committee, right? It's like the, they got the fox watching the hen house. Oh, yes. We have no idea. And we keep paying on yes. this because of the contract clause, right? Yes. So what we look at is we look at Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution. What that says is, is that the states cannot come up with a law to prevent the obligation of a contract. I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. What that means is that the right to a contract is not limited. And because of that, right, they can engage in a contract with a union, your representatives, and it has to be fulfilled. So if they came up with a pet project, they can then engage in racketeering by moving our taxpayer dollars to legally. pay these unions legally. Jeez, yeah. And so they perpetuate the homelessness on purpose because there's profit to be made. You there's put me in office as governor, I can end that. I want to say that's coming out now. Each one of these units that they're making on their Proposition H, I believe it is, is costing eight hundred thousand yep. units per apartment. Where do they get these numbers? Yeah, no, those are all again. Those numbers are not real, right? But because a lot of the money gets cycled through and it gets in, it gets back ended to their pockets, route to their parties. Um, they can uh, invest it into a retirement pool. So a lot of people don't do the research on this because it's it's painstaking. It's painful. It's taken me years to figure this out. Is it like those movies where they say uh, 
the the government charges for a roll of toilet paper two thousand dollars. They say, do you really think they're paying two thousand dollars? Right. Right. Is yeah. That, is that what California is doing? Pretty much. Yeah. And and because I mean over here we got a bunch of little small homes. Um, this is one thing that I, upsets me a lot as well. Right. It seems like a lot of the homeless places are always put in minority homes. Yes. I mean minority areas. Yep. I, am I wrong for saying that? No, you're not. And, and why do they keep doing it? Well, because again, and this isn't to to be insulting, but it, the the no, fact please, of the matter is, us. yeah, it's because of the fact that they know the educational rate is low. They know that mm. uh, people aren't going to understand, mm. and half the stuff that I spout out, people get frustrated because they themselves don't know the laws. Right? If you don't know the law, yes. there is no law. If you don't know your rights, you have no rights. Yes, sir. So they're going to put them in the low income areas or the low educated areas where they know that his, you know, if you look listen at the to census, this people, listen to this people. The census will then, yeah, they're going to put them over there. Because they know you're probably not going to do anything about it. Yep. They know that you don't have the education to do anything about it. And then they're going to increase it, and it's going to pa- cause more pressure on everybody else. And what they don't realize is that when people do move out, we have third-party people that come in, vendors that have a front company that looks like it's American, but they're actually ro- owned by Russians, uh, Indians uh, from India or from China, from uh, North Korea. They're buying up our property. So what they do is, is they try to turn these areas into slums or they burn them up, and then somebody comes in with a front company, a realtor company that's owned by an outside company. Uh, somebody from another country, investor, investor, and then they buy up our land and then that then raises up the premiums of all the land so they they do this on purpose. It it sounds like you've been living in North Hollywood for the last 30 years, man, because that's (laughs) that's exactly what's going on over here. Um, The the meeting we had last last, uh, two Saturdays ago, at the parking lot, you had nothing but tiny homes, those homeless ones that each uh, uh, tough shit cost $85,000, right? Across the street, you had million-dollar homes. Yeah. So they're they're kicking us out, but man, if you guys didn't listen to this guy, those are gems that he's dropping right now. Well, and the other thing too is a lot of people don't know that when you drive down the street and say you get a ticket on one side of the street, right? Yes. It's fifty bucks, right? Or maybe they made an illegal U-turn. But then say you have it's happened before, and it's happened to a lot of people where they they get caught again on the same street for maybe something similar, but they now they pay two hundred fifty dollars. Oh, yes. But it's on the same street. Uh-huh. That's because on one side of the street, that property or commercial property is owned internationally, which then forces us under the contract clause that we have to pay up or we're owed uh, quasi. We fall under quasi-international laws, which is illegal. You can't fall under quasi-anything, but it's already been ruled in some of the Supreme Courts that, no, we do. But again, if you don't know the laws, then you're paying out because all crime is commercial, right? If I make an illegal U-turn anywhere right. in the middle of night, who's the injured party? No one. There isn't, yeah. Government cannot be the injured party. So when you go in front of a judge, that's called a Nisi Prius court when there's no jury of your peers. Right. If you look at the Constitution, who are we supposed to be judged by? A jury of our peers, peers yes. right? Through due process, right? That's a court of record. And Nisi Prius court is an inferior court. An inferior court extorts you to pay a fine. Where's the money go to? Government. So what is government doing? Government is engaging in legal activity under commercial activity. Why? Well, because you don't know any better. So they force commercial activity, but in the constitution, they can't force commerce. If Congress legislative body can't do it, neither can the state. So they're forcing commercial activity under the contract clause. Right. So when an, an outside entity right buys up our land, and then we fall under international without knowing it, because they can engage in legal fraudulent concealment, they don't have to tell you. You have to figure it out for yourself. This is the laws. Right. But who's going to spend time doing this? Hey, babe, uh, no. can you give me the legislative body tonight? <laughs> I want to know what uh, bills are on the floor. No one's going to do that. Nobody's going <laughs> to do it. And they take advantage of that. Correct. Right? Yes. Oh, man. Uh, how about... All these RVs that are out there, they're not getting towed. They're 
like my son, he 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 drives a, a certain vehicle, a company vehicle. He comes over, he parks it. You know, if you have a logo on it, they gave him a ticket. I'm like, dude, you get RVs out of here. You try to call somebody to, you know, get them out of there. Oh, we can't do anything. They live in there. Yeah. Are you for towing these things? Are you yeah. for not? Yeah. So we already have, again, remember, yes. they, they're, they're playing on the ignorance of people. So they pass egregious legislation because they're like, well, they're human beings. Yes, they are. But we also have vacant lots. We have thousands of, of vacant parking lots and dirt lots that are owned, but there's they haven't been built on. They haven't. There's nothing going on with them. The state can utilize them for the good of the people. And and actually stipend out money to the landowners because well there, there's nothing being done right so why not then have them allocated out into those areas where there's there's still pipelines they can get natural water they can get it from you know because we all pay our taxes they're able to still utilize those resources right because under California uh, state constitution ten and ten a um, water is supposed to be used for the good of the state well you live here but you're you're poor and you're falling on hard times you should still have access to what is part of the good of the state meaning that you have access to water so now these RVs can be moved to those areas, but nobody wants to think outside the box and see how can we make this work? How can we expand on that? How can we, you know, route some of these lines to these open vacant lots where the landowner is also being taken care of too? Right, right? now, you brought up water, which um, is a big topic right now with the drought, right? Yeah. Now, what uh, it's down here is a uh, Department of Water and Power. I'm sure there's different branches up and yeah. down California. They're they're now saying you can only water like twice a week, once whatever it is, right? And, they, and they're gonna give. You <laughs> I just a, got that too. I was there. You go and they're yeah. gonna give. You, I'm gonna. I, I told my father, I just keep watering. He's scared. Um, they're gonna start fining you, right? Yeah. Would you be also inclined to change the law? Because I work in the rich areas. I work in Pacific Palisades, Beverly Hills, and over there, you got more green than Chich and Chong will ever see in their lives. Right. Everything's green out there. Right. They have huge lawns. It's beautiful. Those people. Yes, I said those people. They're rich. Those people will get a fine. They don't care. They're going to get that yeah. $250 fine. Wouldn't it be better to sit there and say, okay, you're getting fined per your taxes. So in other words, if my taxes in my house are $6,000 a year, I'm getting X amount right. tax, right? right? So shouldn't it be also for the rich people? You're watering your lawn. You're going to get taxed. Your taxes are $600,000 a year. You're going to get taxed this much amount because to sit there and tax them the same doesn't make any sense. No. The problem with the water right now is, is, is that it's, it's, uh, it's purposeful. So if you look at the Orville spill, right, that happened a couple of years ago, yes. if you look at, and you can look at the, the report, it's public, so it's in the public domain, you can see that they didn't adhere to the backlogs. And then you can also look at that they're not actually releasing the water seasonally appropriately to what we already have. That's what I've heard. We already have, you know, uh, pipelines that it can be released seasonally. No, they, they did it on purpose. I have to say it's on purpose because there's no excuse for that, right? We've got a lot of intelligent people that work in water, that work in electric, that work in, you know, all of these uh, under, underwater pipelines that they're trying to build natural resources, new barriers, things like this. This is this stuff is already in the books. So why didn't they release it? Well, that's rhetorical, right? Because what they're doing is is they've allowed for uh, big conglomerate companies. I'll use Paramount as an example. Paramount has bought up some of our natural resources. That's illegal under the state constitution, right? Yeah. So 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 the, one of the things that we can do is easily route that water. Right and release it seasonally appropriately so that we can adhere to the backlogs. Not to mention, we're not actually encouraging people to um, in the local regions or more in the rural areas to actually uh, invest in rainwater harvesting. We're trying to make that illegal. Why not? Why are we making it illegal? And yet we're charging you more money, but we're not producing more water. So you get to charge me more, but you're not going <laughs> to yeah, give me so more. Right. So yeah. So where's all the water going? And we have already, I think it's three de desalination plants working here in California. 
but they won't let them to expand. And we've got a whole ocean out there yes. that we can desalinate. Why aren't we doing it? Again, it's it's not about that. It's about trying to control the people. You have to you have to subject the people to a fear mongering tactic, which is exactly what you're saying. It doesn't affect the rich, yeah, but it not. affects the common man. It affects the commoner who doesn't who barely you know paycheck to paycheck and, and are inundated. They're not going to sit there and look at the laws and go, wait, this is illegal, and then go to your representative and say you need to yeah, stop this. Yeah, and your representatives clue. are emboldened because they know you don't know any better. Absolutely. All right, Chris. So what we're going to do right now, are you, are, you, are you down for some phone calls? Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a small few minute breaks, <laughs> get this guy pumped up and ready. Get ready to make some phone calls, people. Let's hit that uh, intermission video. And uh, we're going to take some phone calls right now, man. That's Hopefully you good. can take them. They're brutal out there. They're brutal hey, out there. Man. Let's do it, Chris. <laughs> I'm gon' bust it We be taking lives Cause our attitude is fuck it Fuck the other side We ain't letting up for nothing Your relatives a rat That's the end of our discussion Ain't nothing to a goon Cause we do it out of love I saw my dog hurt When they hit him with that slug I saw his mom cry When they bury him in mud I hold his little girls Cause I know they need the love I was only 15 When the homies put me on We was turned up in the hood Fuck a club We was shoplifting So we kept the G up there ain't no other click like the fucking P-Dubs We ain't testify, we ain't never fold up Shot him in his chest, now he laying You know I do it out of love And if I gotta catch a slug Tell my girl I love her, look out for my sons Tell my little girls I'ma look out from above Squeeze the fully auto till you empty out the slug Yeah, cause you ain't never had a friend like me Yeah, and you ain't never had a friend like me they try to kill us. kill us, we was barely even teens It didn't matter though, we had Berettas in our jeans We had killers on our team, doing shit they never seen I bought my first caddy, I was only 16 Remember Pop screaming at us, we was on the street Looking for the enemies, looking for the fiends Every quarter ounce became another pound of weed We were doing robberies to help each other eat I caught a couple years, he was shining on the streets I still remember Cubby always hauling on his heat Posted at the taco shack, I saw the enemy it was broad daylight when the homies start to squeeze Smith Park with my dogs always looking for some freaks If your bitch in the hood, then your bitch was on her knees Cruising down with you, we were hunting enemies We do it like the Lakers, we keep shooters you know on our I team do it out And if I gotta catch a slug Tell my girl I love her, look out for my sons Tell my little girls, I'ma look out from above Squeeze the fully auto till you empty out the slug Yeah, cause you ain't never had a friend like me yeah, and you ain't never had a friend like me. 
Do do do. I need a haircut. Look at that. Ah, and I'm live. Hey Chris, take that battery thing off right there. Click like four times. One, two, three, four. We are, we are we are live, right, Chris? We are live. Just don't tell nobody. Don't, don't worry about that one, Chris. Let's, let's hit this one first. Take that battery thing and the SD off of that one. We do all kind of stuff over here. All right, so well, we're having our conversation here. Oh, uh, you know what I'm talking about, Chris. But I don't know if you're gonna be able to see it. One, two, three, four. Maybe, maybe. I don't know if you got lucky, buddy. I don't know if you got lucky. Let's see. Ah, uh, I think Gil's getting beat up by homeless people right now. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, I got, I got the, I got, the, I do have the green light by the homeless people. Just to let you know, they want to beat me up. I don't know if you know what the green light means. That means they're all looking for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get started here, thank you again for coming through. Thank you for bringing. Great me conversation, on. man. So we're not taking the phone calls yet, people. We will in a second. Give us one second. Um, we're gonna have a little bit more of the conversation going. Let me make sure this is off. So Roger is upset yesterday. Everybody knows on my channel who Roger is. Roger is a guy who comes with some great conversation at one point, but then he's bipolar. He goes full psycho sometimes, right? Yeah. So Roger said, he's upset. He said, bro, make yesterday's video public because he came on. He said, I want to hear my voice, right? I told him, go to members only, Roger. He tells me, homie, you do it members only when you're big time, not running a taco truck. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, screw you, Roger. But he did say great guest today, so that's where we're getting. <laughs> Thank you. But you got to take that with a grain of salt because that is Roger, right? So. <laughs> I don't know Roger. But yeah, yeah. Roger, but, thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. When, when I think Roger, I don't know if you ever see Family Guy. Yeah, with an alien. Couple, yeah, well, that's Roger. That's right. That's Roger. He has different personalities. I we don't know his face. We just know his voice. Right? Yeah, yeah. So we're off air. We're speaking about. Oh, we were actually talking, and you said. People have spit at you. People have yeah. almost assaulted you. Yep. Like I said, I, I knew it was rough getting into politics, but tell me about that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, we get a lot of uh, phone calls first, you know, where people call in, they threaten you, they tell you they're watching you, they know what you look like, your kids look like. You get people that, uh, you know, they when they follow you, you know, they, they look at your vehicles and your cars, they come up to them, they pound on it, they spit at it, you know, but, and you're, you're in the car and they, they're, they're throwing stuff at you, cans, eggs, you name it. Um, you know, and then I've also been, you know, approached by some of the goons that, uh, and I call them goon squads because I, I, during when I was running for Congress, you know, I rattled a few cages where they tried to buy you out under the contract to endorse you. But in order for them to endorse you, it, even the contract clause says you have to take their money. And I, and I was like, wait, why do I have to take your money if you're just going to endorse me? Because there's an exchange there. So if I did or said anything that went against the contract in that group, well, then then I'm liable. And then this is why your newly representative that potentially gets in, they're bought out and they have to do a 180 under the contract. But a lot of people don't know is that this actually spills over too to the people that are also part of my campaign, okay. right? So, you know, I've got, you know, you know, my wife is part of it. I've got um, amazing, uh, you know, supporters that are part of it. I got two campaign managers right now, you know, uh, you know, Justin jumped in during the recall. And just you know picking up the phone and making efforts and then my sister um and it's funny that you bring up felons because yeah my sister you know had troubled life and she's been on the straight and narrow for probably a good you know gosh 20 years 25 years hasn't committed a crime got right with jesus you know she's family oriented and then she and then not only was she doing treasuring but she also jumped on as also co-campaign uh, manager because it just blowed and and 
everybody gets affected. She gets affected. She gets the phone calls. I know Justin, no doubt, there's been a few issues coming around, people that are part of the team. And this is kind of the thing that you don't see behind the scenes where you know, we've, we have forgotten how to engage in discourse yes. and still agree to disagree. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of people I'm friends Thank with you. that I don't agree with everything that they do, but yes, I'm not going to spit at them. I'm not going to burn their house down. I'm definitely not going to try to get into a fight with them. You know, but if you attack me or you attack somebody that I love that's on my team that have, I mean, been giving up all their time and their effort and their energy, I mean, you're attacking my family yes. as well. So, you know, these are the things that people don't realize. I'm, 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 I'm trying to let people know, and a, and a lot of the candidates are, are saying, listen, the one thing that we all love is we love our freedom, the ability to engage in discourse and assembly and uh, and even, you know, uh, peaceably, right? That's why it says peaceably, right? Yes. But the second you cross that line and you do that with my campaign managers, you know, you, they have families too, right? You know, my, my sister's got families, you know, Justin does, you know, everybody does. My my wife, you know, she's doing, you know, the uh, she's no, how, enduring how, all of this. How, I was saying, how's your wife taking it? Because I'm oh, sure man. it's got to be tough on her. Like, she's very tough. I mean, she misses me every time I'm out. I'm gone, you know, the majority of the day. I also still work like everybody else and I I, I work at home. So I'm, I'm right back in the office. So everybody is, is working hard and experiencing seeing the, the dangers of this because a lot of people are so angry that they can't see past it and they just want to scream and they uh -huh. want to let it all out and they just and at times people will call me and they and i did we just we were just talking about and they'll and they're screaming on the phone and they want me to call them back so i call them back and they're just screaming still and i said do you just want to scream or do you want to talk and literally people say i just want to scream and i'm like oh, okay God, really yeah and i'll be like okay you let me know when you're done let it, it out. Yeah, let it out because people don't know how to let it out. And so it turns out into violence. Wow. Um, Art says hi. He's one of my members. I had to throw that out there. Art, Art he did say hi. That fell out. Um, but that is a huge problem nowadays. Yeah. And and I got to throw it out there. It's from the group that say we need to be more inclusive, that we need to be more understanding. But if you go against any other narrative, they don't want to hear you. They're going to call you a racist. They're yep. going to call you this. Somebody said at the beginning of the, of the of the show, when we weren't even live, he's like, how is Gil having this guy if he had Tremino? Like, if I voted for Tremino? doesn't matter. If yeah. if I vote for somebody else or, 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 or not agree with all your politics, I still want you on the platform. Why? So we can have these conversations, yeah, right? Yeah, that, that's exactly it. A lot of people think, listen, some candidates don't like each other. I am at odds with one or two candidates. But out of the majority... Are you willing to do candidate boxing? After? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know. I train in in boxing, MMA, oh, yeah, Brazilian right. Jiu-Jitsu, and, yeah. and that's why I said Chuck Norris. Yeah, no, that's true. I do train in that form. You know, again, I'm. How many know, years you've been Jiu-Jitsu? Uh, fifteen now. Oh man. Yeah. So I train. Um, I'm a amateur MMA uh, coach. Um, uh, amateur uh, boxer USA. I'm also uh, registered as a USA master boxer. Right. Um, and of course, yeah, I'm a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Where, so. where do you Where do you train at? Um, I don't know if I should say, but oh, yeah, no, 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 you yeah. don't have to say where, but what, what, around what city? Yeah, yeah, insurance. Oh, turn that down, Chris. Turn that down. <laughs> Just because I, I try to be. Uh, turn it all the way off, Chris. Yeah, yeah thank I you. try to be, you know, respectful of people that you know don't want their their names. No, of course not. No, stuff. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. So, but, but you no. train in LA County. Yes. Okay. I, I, in off topic, I've been wanting to do this. I want to go into the ring with one of you guys and wrestle you guys. Yeah. I, I want to see how long, because I, I say I'm not gonna get tapped out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say I'm gonna because I see that stuff. So can we make that deal here? Yeah, we, anytime we, we can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, after the campaign's over and all yeah. that stuff, we'll set up a deal. Yeah, we'll yeah, go, we'll come out to the mat. You know, we'll, we'll do three minute rounds. Yeah, and, and, and you're not gonna you're not gonna make me tap. No, I, I, listen, if you, I, I'll. <laughs> 
we'll, we'll play around. We'll paw at each other. All right. right? Yeah. yeah I've, 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 I've always wanted to do with somebody who's really skilled like you. Man. Thank cool. you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. So any candidates, uh, don't get in the ring with this guy. He's, he's going to hurt you. <laughs> but you know what? That's the thing, though, is candidates don't all, we, we actually support each other. You know, I was, I saw, uh, uh, Leo Zaki the other day and he he was carrying all of his signs and I was like can I help you brother and he was like yeah he gives me a hug and we talked and I was I ended up playing carrying his signs into one of the uh, one of the rooms where all the other candidates are going to be at you know we're there to help each other out yes, because we're all fighting for our state because we know that we're under tyranny right now yes sir uh 909 diesel he said this this gentleman's got my votes thank you, 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 you thank you I appreciate that man. so now let's uh if you guys want to call in now is the time to call in um just keep it short, uh, especially Roger. He's already calling. <laughs> Ask a question. We don't want a whole statement about you wanting to nuke your neighbor because Roger, like I said, Roger goes on some good ones. <laughs> um, so let me see what else we got. Running. So another question I had was, do you believe that you running your campaign and so many people running for governor splits the vote that it doesn't really help get like the current governor out of office? No, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's always going to come down to the people doing their own research, getting get together with their communities and sitting down and looking at the candidates and looking at the nature of character and where they stand on the policies. It The people, the candidates are giving you an option. And so it is up to the people within each county, which they do. Other patriot groups are calling other groups from other counties okay. and putting out their voter rolls. And then when they put out their or their uh, voter guide, when they put out their voter guide, a lot of them are coming together to see where they're different. And I, I'm, I've been very well aware of this. So this is what, if you're not involved into that, then you're doing yourself a disservice. You need to be involved on all levels. So do the candidates split the vote? Not really, because eventually, right, we're giving you an option. Go ahead, turn up a little bit. Hello, hello, hello. No, no, I, I didn't butt that. Go ahead, Roger. <laughs> yeah, listen, I love this guy, bro. Um, number one, I agree with the, everything he says. Very intelligent guy. I just want to ask him one question. I know it's going to sound silly, but I'm going somewhere with it. Okay. What's his opinion about Vladimir Ulich Lenin? Lenin. What's Le his opinion about Lenin, him? the old Russian guy? Yeah, yeah, the guy who started the Russian Revolution, the October Revolution. Back in 1970. Welcome to Roger, buddy. Because he, he kind of remembers. So I guess. So so is it because he looks like him? Is it because he looks like him? Is that what you're trying to say, Roger? Well, now that he's a says, little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye, Roger. Yeah. Bye, Roger. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Roger. I appreciate that. Uh, I bet you haven't heard that one before, right? That's the first one. That is the first one. Yeah. Welcome to Roger, Roger, buddy. thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Let's see. We got another one coming in real quick. Uh, give me a Call from Danny. Danny, what's going on, brother? Uh, thank you very much for uh, taking my call. For and sure. Um, what is your stance on mismanagement of school funds? Um, uh, you're you're, cut it, you're cutting off, Danny. One more time, please. What is your um, what is your stance on mismanagement of uh, funds for the schools? Uh, they go oh. into programs and the money kind of disappears. Yeah, that's a great question. Great question. Thank you, Danny. Um, so the yeah, so mismanagement of the school funds. So one of the things that's going on right now is the fact that the schools, our public schools, um, rely heavily on the um, educational surplus. So yeah, we have a state surplus of supposedly ninety billion dollars, but there was already a surplus for the educational infrastructure of twenty point two billion dollars that's supposed to go for our public schools. So a lot of that money is going to the unions, right? The C the CTA, and they're utilizing that money 
uh, and turning it right back around, cycling it back in when they lobby to uh, uh, with our uh, our representatives at the assembly and state senator levels. Right. That's not what that money is for. That money is for the infrastructure of the schools when mm-hmm. they need better pipes, you know, uniforms, books, uh, students who can't afford to go to school or pay for their lunch, programs like that. Um, it's designed to expand on other public schools in areas that are starting to be you know, more industrialized or grow. More rural areas are getting more heavily populated. That money is not for collective bargaining, utilizing our students as that chip. That's illegal. And so as a governor, one of the things that I can do is I can suspend their ability to use that or even have access to that money. In fact, that money can be allocated out to parents who want to homeschool. Instead, we punish parents. Why don't we reward them, right? Right. What about charter schools? Charter schools actually provide a good, healthy competition that allow a school choice. But why don't we give that money to the charter schools that will allow for school choice irrelevant of having parents having to, because my children went to a charter school and you had to kind of get on the list and a waiting list. Well, why don't we open that up so that parents can choose, right? Yes. And then one of the other things too, that we want to get this money uh, you know, under wraps. We want to make sure that there's a more fiscal committee uh, public oversights. Well, then what we need to do then is, is we need to actually go after uh, Cal Steers, the retirement, the teacher's retirement funds, because mm. I'm sorry, but oh, they- you- <laughs> You're not going to like that. No, you don't have to like it, but I'm not here to be nice to them. I'm not here to negotiate with them. You're not going to buy me. You're not going to, none of that's going to happen. I'm coming after you. You put me in office. Now, are you for, or would you be for taking some of all this? Because what it is, how you were were talking about the homeless. We won't really get into that. But as far as all that money that's going into it, to me, I see it like this. It's almost like, you know, let's say we're a tree, right? The homeless tree, which is mostly the drug addict tree, that branch is rotten. They're choosing yeah. to live that life. Yeah. And instead of throwing so much money towards that, throwing money for more like after-school programs, kids playing football, yeah. kids playing baseball, are you yeah. for, would you be for actually allocating money towards a lot of programs yeah. that and, way? And it's, it's funny because I also got into a discussion with a, a congressman that uh, just was at uh, one of these um, uh, speaking engagements. And a lot of our rep- congressional representatives signed off on that $40 billion that was supposed to go to Ukraine. And one of his arguments was, well, you know, it's a... Uh, you know, it's going to go towards our military, but the military already has a surplus for them that's yes. that's designed for them when they go overseas, right? Yes. So we already know that. And then it was for humanitarian purposes. Wait, I'm sorry, if there's $40 billion and you signed off on that bill, that money right there, since it's our money, our taxpayers' money, is supposed to be allocated out for the crises that we have going on yes. with our homeless, with yeah, their schools, major, yeah. with the people that are, are you know down on their luck. Why didn't we do that? That's rhetorical. We know why. But that money, yes, can be utilized for that, should be used for that. Absolutely. Because it's already there. Absolutely. Right? I'm, I am America first. Then we can figure out what's going on with the rest of the world. We don't need to be the police of the rest of the world. We have our own issues here also going in the state of California. Yeah. We're, do, do you agree with me? Uh, I say this is the worst drug epidemic we've had. It's worse than the crack epidemic. It's worse than maybe the 70s with the heroin. Do you think it's the worst drug epidemic in American history and it's one of the biggest problems? Yeah, absolutely. And here's why. We've got people like Senator Scott Wiener who's out there who's now just passed another bill uh, with the Judiciary Committee that stipulates that we're going to have more dispensaries so that people can go to safe consumption sites. If you do that, you're not helping the person who has an addiction. you're You're perpetuating that problem. And now you've just given drug dealers an okay green light because now they have a guaranteed client consistently yeah. right now you have to keep the borders open you've got to grow the drugs how crazy is that right and so excuse what because again there's money and profit to be made yeah that's insane i i say stuff like that and they'll be like you're not sensitive no i want to help you 
If my son's on drugs, the last thing I'm going to do is say, I'm going to give you free room and board. I'm going to give you the syringe. I'm going to give you money for the heroin. It, yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, and oh, I'm going to magically go, oh, thank you so much. Now I really want to get off the drug. Yeah, and then I'm going to give you some free housing somewhere. Yes. Oh, and by the way, we're going to put these dispensaries in parks where children play, and now you're going to see them shoot up in front of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, right. it's no, insane. this is an upside down paradigm that we're living in right now. And this is why I'm out here offending people, because that's the truth. This is what's going yes. on. And so we have backward bills that are completely egregious. They're they're just diabolical. And they allow now the drug dealer to basically continue to sell their product. And so they need to have this product on the street. People are saying Anthony Tremino should get together with Daniel Mercury. I've, I've had Anthony on here before. And you're actually at odds with each other. <laughs> that's, that's one of the guys you got to beef with. Yeah. <laughs> it happens, though. It yeah. happens. But but like politics, eventually you would have to come to the table with one another and actually work with one another. Would you ever. It, so so right now, the, the, the voting is just to get on the ballot for the November vote, right? Correct. So top two get it. And that means Gavin may not even be on that list. Really? This is what, Yeah, this is why a lot of people were upset about the recall because they're like, well, just wait till the, you know, the, 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 the general election comes around. Right. Wait for the primes. And that was because he's already served his four years. So in, in California, it's top two votes. Th that doesn't mean he's going to get in. It's, people can vote for somebody else and he may not even be on that top two primary. Right. So it could be two nonpartisans. It could be two other Democrats. It could be two Republicans. Now, without indulging too much or divulging too much, because Tremino sounds a lot like you. He obviously has some different stuff. What is your biggest disagreement with Tremino? He wants to run the state like a business. Okay. When you run the state like a business, you're talking about contractual agreements. Now, if I go back to you and I talk about Article 1, Section 10, like we, I stipulated earlier today, right? Mm -hmm. The problem with that is, is, is that your corporations, your technocrats, and your lobbyists, what they do is, is they come in and they create what's called a model bill. The model bill is a plug-and-play bill that's sort of uniform. And then what they do is they hand it to your representatives. The representatives, because most of them are lawyers, will change, adjust the language, move it around a little bit, and then they'll uh, favor that company or that corporation. Mm -hmm. Then what happens? Is, is, is then through the ABSB bill, they will get and create what's called a guaranteed contract. Under the contract clause, it has to be fulfilled, which means a profit margin has to be met. So when you look at the United States, the United States is defined under Section 15 and 15A under uh, Title 18. It says, United States defined 15A, federal corporation. Well, what's the point of any corporation to meet a profit margin? In doing so, they force commercial activity, which is illegal. So as a business owner like him, I'm a business owner, I'm a businessman, but you know, he wants to say, I want to run the state like a business. Well, I'll give you an example why this is wrong. Is it impinges upon a free market, right? It overregulates it, forces commercial activity, and then if we look at say the Vaccine Injury Act of 1986, right, that Ronald Reagan signed into law, mm -hmm. what that did was is it gave immunity to the pharmaceutical companies, <laughs> and that violated the 14th Amendment. As I said earlier, the 14th Amendment says we all have equal protection under the law. You don't have equal protection under the law when the opposing side has immunity if it causes damage. Yes, so then what the state did and what the government did was it created called a trust. The trust, you and I, through our taxes, get pays out into that. So if you get injured, Justin over there and every other taxpayer has to pay into the trust, goes to the Office of Special Masters, which is a, a judicial court, right? right? That's outside of the typical judicial system that oversees the money that goes there. And then they pay that out to you if they deem that $250,000 is, is worth it. Well, guess what? That is commercial activity, running the state like a business, forcing the people to run a pro to meet a profit margin, and that's the difference between that's one difference between he and I. Okay, very nice. Well said. Tony, what say you, my man? In the live um my I it's a two-part question. Yes, sir. Um so 
what's your stance on prison reform? Great and question. the next question, the follow question after that is what steps would you take for affordable housing? Man, I, 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 I love California. I would love to stay. And if I could stay in this state, I would gladly vote for you. Um, I'm actually uh, going to hang up now. I want to listen Thank to your you, response Tony. on the video. Thank you very much for your time. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Little Danny, we'll get to your question in a second. Yeah, Great so a- affordable housing. So as I said earlier, the reason why homing and housing market is just out of whack is because of the fact that the state has actually sold a lot of our property uh, to China. Uh, when you look at uh, the, if you look at Gavin Newsom's signing off on uh, oil and drilling fracking contracts here in the state of California, he signed off over in 2019, 1,700 of these drilling fracking contracts. That means that that property had to be bought up. So they sold it illegally. They're not supposed to sell. They don't have a right to sell. The the government doesn't have the right to sell uh, land that is owned by the sovereigns. The sovereigns are the natural right-born heirs to the land, right? So that land under the Constitution cannot be sold to an outside country. It's not supposed to be that way. And so what they did was is under the contract clause, they signed these agreements of these fracking and drilling uh, agreements that go to China. I started digging into this. I started getting stonewalled because of the front companies that are buying our property. That wow. property then is raised up, and that doesn't allow for affordable housing. And so the cities then tie themselves again to some of these AB bills that say, well, there's an open lot there. If you're the landowner, they were trying to pass, what was it, AB 9 and 10, that said, well, the state, uh, the cities can come in and overtake that, and then we're going to build this big high-rise on that. No, that's illegal. You can't do that. Right, especially if you're not the deed holder. So they're trying to remove all these deeds out of the hands of those of us that can actually obtain them. So that's one way that we can, as a governor, I can isolate and nullify all of those contracts. Oh yeah, that's going to start a huge, you know, battle. But I, I'm uh, this is what I'm here for. I'm not right. here to, you know, feed the government. I'm here to starve the government and feed the people. So that's one way. When we talk about prison reform, one of the things is you already brought up, right? Everything first and foremost always starts at the home. Right. We're not strengthening the families. Right. And we're also demonizing men too, right. I always say when it comes to women, right. I think fathers need to teach their sons how to treat women the way they want their daughters to be treated. It definitely starts there. So when we talk this, we need to we need to start looking at the youth to ensure that they're not going to end up in prison to actually not end up there because they've done something stupid. They didn't have the guidance and because we've demonized what it means to be a man. Uh, Number two, the prisons that we have going on right now, there are a lot of low level crimes that uh, a lot of people have been unjustly, uh, a member I said earlier that all crime is commercial, right? Uh-huh. So when they read you your rights, right, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law, right? Yes, sir. They didn't say for you, in support of you, to help you, to guide you, because all crime is commercial, because we fall under Title 18 and 28, which is called admiralty law, right? Law of the sea. That's illegal. So a lot of people as a governor that fell under admiralty um, um, imprisonment are going to be released under my administration because you can't you can't try somebody because they, well they couldn't afford it. Would, would you be for putting more money into the prisons to in the not the prisons the schools? What I've noticed as well, even though I'm not in school, but I I know that the schools no longer really have like wood shop, like like actual yep. trades that they used to have back yeah. in the days. Would you be inclined to throw more money into the prisons where they would have mechanics, wood shops, and other kind of trades so these guys come out? Because what, what I see a lot of times, and I see them all, actually I see them all the time, when homies are getting out of prison, they don't know anything. They have no skills. So you're coming out of jail, yeah. you're coming out of a violent environment, you're coming out here and it's like, nobody wants to hire me because I have no skills. Would you be willing as a governor to say, you know what, I'm going to throw X amount of money into the prison so you guys can get educated? 
So my agreement to that is is yes, if you're in prison, um, there there was already access. And the, and the interesting thing about that, though, is it didn't really cost any money out of the state because a lot of that was already there, given, volunteered, or donated. Right. Um, but then it was removed. Um, and I forgot the uh, the clause as to why that was, but it, yeah, it is a you know again we don't say jail we say correctional facility right no it's jail you're you, you're there in a it's crime a joint baby but yeah you don't but here's the thing you don't you have to first get to a certain point I believe that if you're you know you you're uh, when you're in jail you've shown that you're not you're yes. not committing more crimes right. you're, not, yeah, you know, you're not killing other people yes. right then you should be able to go through different stages that reward you to at least get some of this education but when you come in you're, you murder two people no I'm sorry or you've robbed or you stolen for a number of years and you finally get caught the biggest question is would you still be a criminal if you didn't get caught right right so there's a limitation to the reform now would you be the governor that just uh does uh, once one parole murders at all because i've got a couple of, of friends of mine with who have got released within the last three or four years right or maybe four or five years and they've got it out doing 20 something years and now they came out here and they're completely changed men. They they're working. They're family men. Or would you be the kind of governor that says you killed somebody? No, you're never getting out. No, and and in fact, uh, one of the things that I think people uh, haven't researched is is, is that um, some of the governors who have let out in other states that I've looked at um, that have committed these egregious acts, say when they were 18, but now they're in prison. Now they're like you know, 57 years old. Right. They still got a life let, let, uh, left them. Those family members are still alive. Those family members were brought in to help sway because they. They forgave them right? and they didn't want them there and they listened to them and they heard them and they were like in another room just kind of observing. Right. They were part of the panel versus when we have a, a probational board that's out there, you have a probational board, doesn't really know everything. They're not part of it. If they're still members there, they should have a say into that particular, uh, that person, if whether or not they should be, be released. Right. And why aren't we doing that? Right. That's yeah, something yeah, that we eliminate. Not. Yeah, they're not. No, a lot of these members actually do want to be a part of it. As they should. So, so they should be a part of it. That should be part of the program. Great. Uh, little Danny M. Hey, thanks for that. Super chat, little Danny. He has, what's your thoughts on legal marijuana for recreation? So it's already been legalized. And one of the biggest things that we've got going on right now is no doubt Gavin Newsom is actually absorbing some of that money personally. He's probably absorbing some of that weed. Too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. So am I. So, for me, I'm not in support of anything that is anything that's a drug. I'm sorry for recreational. I don't agree with it. For medicinal, absolutely, 100%. I think it's been utilized. If if you're using it for that, I do know a lot of people that use CBD. I use CBD oil because I've got uh, spinal arthritis. It's in my hips. I've you know damaged my body. I still Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, right. right? So I know it's being used so for, I'm for go medicinal. For the hip. There you go. All right. <laughs> use I'm that. The there hip. you go. Go for the weak spots. Um, but uh, so I'm I'm on the stance for medicinal. I'm not on the stance for recreational. You know what? Um, I'm actually inclined to agree with you on that. What? But now it's the bag. The cat's out the bag. Correct. It, the marijuana. It's not going back. But what I've seen is this. I see now young people. It's probably because we're old now. Yeah. It really. It's because we're old now, right? Yeah. I see the difference with me. I, I smoke weed, right? And I did. I did. I do smoke it for medical purposes. I only smoke during the weekends or whatnot, right? It helps me with uh, pretty much anxiety and depression, let's say, right? Yeah. Uh, but what I see with young people is now they smoke weed like it's going out of style. Yeah. They sit there and, and put oils and put this and put that. And I'm like, dude, two or three hits, you're good. Yeah. And, and now they just seem like they just smoke, smoke, and smoke. But the reality is that that cat is not going back in the bag. 
it's gonna it's it, we might as well are you in plan to start taxing this stuff really and making it and making it federally legal well it's already technically yeah. taxed in the state of california california yeah yes. so with federal that's a that's but you a, can't put the money in the bank i don't believe n- no you can't it can be it can that's be re- a problem. it can be recycled back out to the community right so again where there's people where there needs to be education there needs to be you know, new programs development in certain areas maybe where they're rural there may be heavy heavily dense populated areas uh uh areas where like we talked about earlier, uneducated, maybe they're, yes. right? That money can be utilized for that, for medicinal recreational purposes. For me, we need to isolate that. We need to go back to understanding, listen, yeah, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, but you can you can eliminate some of that sort of, sort of uh, free radical thinking, right? Uh, because this is where we're at, where that's progressivism. Progressivism is what put us in this mess in the first place. Yes. Uh, California surveyor, he already answered that. You got to go back and rewind. So let's start kind of wrapping this thing up, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, let's... Uh, I am, and to me, I gotta say this: I am a, I am a Cali Mac. I am a Central American Latino, indigenous Mexican American Chicano. I am a brown man. Why should I vote for you? I'll tell everybody right now. The biggest problem that we have, and I said this slightly earlier, is we do not have systemic racism. I we have racist people, no doubt. Every country does. We have systemic career politicians. When they engage in criminality that don't allow for, for you to engage in prosperity, meaning keeping your, your, all, your, all your money that you earn, right? Some yes, of the taxes sir. that's going on is illegal. When they pass egregious legislation, when they mask us up, mandates, regulations, right? This causes depression. This causes us and you and I to be at odds with each other because we look at others who might be a little more fortunate. They could weather the storm, but you couldn't. Now you and I are at, at odds with each other because we don't understand that's not fair. This comes from corrupt government. Government is the problem. It will always be the problem, which is why I tell people there is no other solution except for prison for corrupt representation at all levels. And the governor can institute under the California Emergency Services Act an investigation through affidavit with our chief executors to perform on these people that have already been, they have already been ruled in the Supreme Court that when you pass these laws, you get to see the inside of a prison wall. And if there is no accountability like prison, then there is no point. Then don't vote for me because then you don't want your freedoms. You don't want, you know, uh, your sovereignty. You do not want to be in charge of your own life, engaging in true prosperity. A governor's job, a servant of the people, assembly, senator, their job is to ensure the sanctity of the Constitution, which means keeping you above government. Mandates and regulations were meant to control the behavior of, of your representative, not the people. I am not here to be a career politician. I don't give a crap about being a career politician. I understand the laws. I know the laws, and I know how to fight this government, and on behalf of the people, yes, I am here to rage war against the establishment because you deserve to maintain your authority over government. As a representative, I am giving up my sovereignty to be the gatekeeper for you. If you don't want that, then you don't want freedoms because freedoms involve the hard truths. Don't like it? Don't vote for me. I'm not going to pander. This is what you get. But I guarantee you, you will not find another governor like me for years to come. I promise you that. You cannot negotiate with criminals. You cannot negotiate with those who turn their backs on you. And you cannot negotiate with the vipers who have put us in this mess in the first place. So what do you really want? Because that's the core. And I'm here to do just that. Man, that's what I'm talking about. I'm feeling that, baby. I'm feeling that. You know, this was, for whatever reason, before you came in, I had a great vibe. 
I was like, oh, man, we're talking politics. I love this stuff. I, I, usually I do a long homework. I'm like, no, we're talking politics, man. Then I started doing my stuff with you. Man, you're an absolutely great candidate. You uh, you tell it like it is. Uh, the truth hurts. Yeah. It comes down to it. And you're, you're, hold on, let me turn that off real quick, Chris. Oh, actually, no, no, let that guy through. Let it through, and then we'll go. You know who this is? Mr. Summers. Make it quick What's and easy, going? baby. Hey, brother, look. I, I, I've been listening to this whole conversation with this brother. To the people of California, this is exactly what California needs, is a man like this. Thank you. Someone that knows exactly what is happening and who is bringing the trouble to the people. Because this man is right. These people that have been in politics their whole life do not care about any of us. And, brother, I hope you get in there, bro. And I know they're going to fight you tooth and nail because you have the backbone to speak the truth. And they're going to fight you all the way, bro. But if I was in California, brother, I would be there right by you. Thank and you. you would have my vote, brother. That's right. Thank God you, bless Appreciate you, bro. It. All right, brother. Thank you, Gil, for your time, brother. Yeah, God bless sure. you, guys. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right. Listen, man. Whether people agree with you, disagree with you, they got to respect you. Thank you. Straight off the back, man. Off the bat. I always say the back. Because, hey, it's not the bat, right? <laughs> so off the bat, they got to respect you. And I want to just thank you because... You're doing what a lot of people don't have the balls to do. You're going out there. You're putting your face out there. You're putting your character out there. And you're spending your time, which nobody's paying you to do because you care. With that being said, I'm going to give you the last word. Give your shout outs out. Look into that camera, my friend. First, I want to give a shout out to my team, everybody who's been volunteering. I love you guys. I, I love you. My wife, who's just doing amazing, who's putting up with everything that I'm putting up with. Justin, thank you so much for everything, being my co-campaign manager. And of course, my big sister, Elena, who has been my treasurer, keeping my paperwork in order, working her tail off. She's been almost to every single event that I've gone to. And so she has been a true, uh, just, just man, uh, just the right-hand person praying over me over every interview. And to everybody else that's out there that has given me the love up and down the states, I love you guys. God bless you and thank you. And if anybody just found me right now, please visit me at danielforcowgovernor.com. Instagram, same? Uh, Daniel uh, Mercury for Gov on Instagram. And uh, yeah. All right, people. So tomorrow, if Chris changes the camera real quick, tomorrow we're changing it up. Tomorrow we're having the homie Any Means from Cut Hay live here. But this is what I'm going to give you guys. Regardless of how you feel about this man, any other vote. Just vote. Just don't get these voting numbers up, people. Whether you like somebody or not, vote, man. Yeah. The problem with us is we don't get involved, and that's why they do what they do with us.